as some of you know, we introduced that chorus last week along with thousands of other churches around the world as modern hymn writers Keith and Kristen Getty reintroduced this hymn, this older song, Facing a Task Unfinished. We're going to be singing it for the next three weeks, and I just want to encourage you, and you can go online at Getty Music if you'd like to get the words, but Keith Getty, a couple of weeks ago, called this the greatest missionary song ever written. That's quite a statement. So I'd encourage you not just to sing the song, but to learn the words and to think that at least in his music and theological opinion, perhaps the greatest missionary hymn ever written. And so I just want to encourage you as you sing that, to sing it with all your heart as unto the Lord and to take the words to heart. Well, this morning I would like you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verses 9 and 10. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verses 9 and 10. This is a passage that we looked at a number of months ago in our study of 1 Peter, but I want to use it this morning again because there is a great missionary statement in this passage one that helps us to understand why missions is so important. Peter writes, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The great missionary statement is found at the end of verse 9, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Our first point this morning is your great salvation. Peter wants you to understand the great privileges that are yours in Christ. He says, you, brother and sister in Christ, you are a chosen people. You are the spiritual children of Abraham. You are those redeemed with the blood of Christ. You are the people of the living God. And he says, you are a royal priesthood all those who believe in Jesus as Messiah and trust him alone for salvation receive the great privilege of becoming royal priests. So if you know Christ as your Savior, you may not realize it, but you are a royal priest. We love to quote at missionary conferences Revelation 5.9, it is a great missionary verse, but often we don't quote the next verse, verse 10. So I want to read both those verses for you. Revelation 5, verses 9 and 10, as the Apostle John speaks of the slain lamb Jesus. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, 
and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them, notice, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. He says, O slain lamb, you have made them. Who is them? They are people from every tribe and every language and every people and every nation. They have become a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign. The priests shall serve the king of kings, and the priests shall rule with the king. And then he says, you, and again he's speaking directly to us, you are a holy nation. The word holy, as we have seen in the book of First Peter, means to set apart. And as a Christian, you are set apart not only from sin, but to God. So you are set apart from sin, and you are set apart unto God. We, as the children of God, we as the church, are set apart as a holy nation to God himself. And then he says, you are a people for his own possession. God has purchased you. He has purchased you for himself so that you may go forth and proclaim his glory. He has purchased you so that you might become his ambassadors, those who represent him everywhere you go and in everything you do. And if you were to understand the beauty and glory of who you are in Christ, you must never forget who you were apart from Christ. At one time in your life, every one of you were lost and destined for eternal damnation. Towards the end of verse 9, he says, He called you, he called you out of darkness. At one time in your life, you were trapped in the spiritual darkness of Satan, the prince of darkness. In Colossians chapter 1 and verses 13 and 14, the apostle Paul writes, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. O child of God, you have been delivered. You have been delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of Jesus. In verse 10, it says, Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. In Ephesians chapter 2, and verses 12 and 13, the Apostle Paul says, Remember, O child of God, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. You who were once far away from God have now been brought near, and it is because of the blood of Jesus. Well, that leads us to our second point, 
and the heart of what I want to share with you this morning, proclaiming the excellencies of Christ. All of us who have been called out of darkness into the marvelous light of God are to proclaim the excellencies of Christ our Savior. Again, that great missionary statement that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Folks, we have the great privilege of proclaiming to the world the beauty, the wonder, and the infinite value of Jesus the Christ. John Piper writes this. He says, The best news of the Christian gospel is that the supremely glorious creator of the universe has acted in Jesus Christ's death and resurrection to remove every obstacle between us and himself so that, so that we may find everlasting joy in seeing and savoring his infinite beauty. That's the message we take to the nations. That's the message that we take to people in every people group around the world, that God has acted. God has acted in Jesus Christ to remove every obstacle, every obstacle between us and him, so that, so that people in every people group around the world may find everlasting joy in seeing and savoring Jesus' infinite beauty. We have the privilege of telling the world that Christ has the power to supernaturally accomplish his salvation in the lives of everyone who believes. We proclaim to the nations that Jesus saves. Let me try to put this all together for you. Jesus made you who you are so you could tell the world who he is. Jesus made you who you are so you could go and tell the world who he is. World evangelization is at the heart of the church's mission because we are not to hoard our great salvation but proclaim it to the ends of the earth. He did not save you and he did not save me so that we could keep it to ourselves, but he saved us so that we might share it with everyone we possibly can and do everything that we possibly can to send, to send others to share that good news of the gospel. Last Sunday night, we showed a video clip of David Platt. He is the president of the International Mission Board for the Southern Baptist Convention. And he told about his missions trip, his recent missions trip to northern India, in which he saw millions of people lost and headed for hell. And he said, if Jesus is who he claims to be, then it is arrogant 
and sinful on our part not to tell them the good news of the gospel. He said, as we look at millions of people on this globe who are perishing and going to hell, it is arrogant and it is sinful for us to remain silent. At the end of that clip, this is what he says. If Jesus did rise from the dead, if Jesus alone has paid the price for man's sin, if Jesus alone has conquered sin and death and the grave, then going around the world and telling people about Jesus is the only thing that makes sense. If Jesus did rise from the dead, then it's the height of arrogance to sit quietly by while 597 million Hindus, Muslims, Buddhists, and Sikhs in northern India go to hell. It is the epitome of hate to not sacrifice our lives to spread this good news among every person we know and among every people group on the planet. When you believe this gospel, you speak this gospel. When you believe in the resurrection of Christ, you proclaim the resurrection of Christ. Privatized faith in a resurrected king is practically inconceivable. Think with me this morning. It is the epitome of hate to not sacrifice our lives to spread this good news among every person we know and among every people group on the planet. The hymn writer Charles Wesley said, Oh, for a thousand tongues. If only I had a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of his grace. Oh, that God would give us a thousand tongues that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're actually ending a little earlier. We thought the flag ceremony was going to go a little longer than it did. Never know how these things are going to time out. But what we're going to do now is I'm going to close us in prayer. And I'm going to actually pray for the ethnic international potluck that we are going to partake of. So when you leave the auditorium, you can go straight to the gymnasium. Then Chris is going to come and lead us in a song after I pray. And then you can head to the gymnasium. We only ask one favor of you, and that is parents, please keep your children with you. Children, please don't run ahead to the gym without your parents. So I am going to pray. We are going to sing. And then we are going to head to the gymnasium as we kick off this missions conference for a wonderful time of food and fellowship. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the good news that Jesus died for sins and rose from the dead victorious over sin and death and that through him, all our sins are forgiven, and through him 
we are guaranteed of eternal life. Oh Lord, forbid that we should ever hoard this great news to ourselves. But give us, grant us the courage, the motivation to take this gospel to the farthest reaches of the world. Oh Lord, thank you that a church like ours can participate in this great, truly great commission of yours. Lord, as we go to the gym in just a little bit, we pray that you will bless the food that we are about to eat, and we pray that you will bless us with a wonderful time of fellowship together as the body of Christ. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.